Hello, and thank you for listening to this episode of Co-Authored, the Oral Histories podcast from History Colorado Studios. For more information about this and our other podcasts, go to www.historycolorado.org slash podcasts. This episode is an oral history interview recorded in 1951 with Dr. Florence Sabin, a public health expert in Denver in the mid-20th century. In it, she answers the question, what can I do? And talks about her new public health initiative in Denver. I hope you enjoy the episode. Mr. Cook's guest today is a young lady who admits to having reached the tender age of 80. She's Dr. Florence R. Sabin of Denver, Colorado, and she's had a truly notable career. The first woman professor ever to serve on the faculty of Johns Hopkins University, Dr. Sabin went on to do important research at the Rockefeller Institute of Medical Research and was hailed as the greatest living woman scientist. Since her retirement from active medical work, she has organized a statewide movement for public health reforms in her own state of Colorado. Now, here is Dwight Cook to talk to Dr. Sabin. Well, Dr. Sabin, yesterday I had the pleasure on this program of announcing that you had received one of the Lasker Awards by the American Public Health Association for your great work. But instead of uh, handling our discussion in that very serious and quite possibly highbrow fashion, I would like to pin you up on the nearest wall here as Exhibit A on What Can I Do? Every so often when I'm lecturing, people say to me, yeah, but I'm just an individual. What can I do? So I'd like to go back, if you would, to Colorado in December 1944 when a young and innocent and unknown girl of 67 decided to retire to that beautiful state of mountains and found it was a pretty unhealthy place. Yes, and then the governor uh, was uh, planning a post-war planning committee and incidentally put me on it. He didn't know anything about me, and it's rumored that he thought I was an old woman and no <laughs> harm could come. His main committee had one meeting. I happened to be here in New York at the time. I never heard of it having another. But the health committee just went on working. At first, he gave me his own candidates, and I had a hard time. So I finally badgered him until he gave me just, he said, oh, yes, perhaps you can choose a few, and then I just went. Still believing you were harmless. Yes, I chose the people I wanted, and we got a good executive committee, and then we went to work. You know, somebody should have given that governor a lesson in how to tell a an incense stick from the stick of dynamite. <laughs> but you started in Colorado with a problem that was facing all serious citizens out there, that you had one of the worst health records and highest death rates in any state and country, didn't you? Yes, we did. We had a poor record. Moreover, uh, people who were interested in health had been trying to get a law through to give us a good, sound health department instead of a health department just under the governor. And that means that the governor can make political appointments. That is, he can pay off his political debts in terms of the health of the people. You're not talking as a Republican or a Democrat. No, no not just as any. As, no, as no. an observer. Just as an observer. That happens in any group when it's determined by, by political debts instead of by the problem at hand. Well, our problem at hand was health, to improve our health. And the people had been stirred by the fact that over and over and over again, health bills had been in the last legislature, the health bill was a pretty good bill and it had been soundly defeated. So we, my committee, my executive committee, 
asked Dr. Carl Buck to come out. Now, he's a real expert in public health. He's teaching now at uh, the uh, school in public health at Ann Arbor, Michigan. And he made more surveys of health conditions than any person in the country. But doesn't a man like Buck cost money? Yes, indeed. And we didn't have a cent. Our committee didn't work on a cent. We had to just pay our own postage and things like that. But I came on to New York and went to the uh, Commonwealth Fund. And I told him that I told them our problem, and they gave us $10,000 for Dr. Buck's work. Aren't you leaving out something there? Wasn't there a little um, slight confusion with the governor not giving a very enthusiastic uh, recommendation yeah, to that New York high, group? We had a little hard time, but then that was over overcome. Little old lady had a few other things to do at that point. Yes, but we went to work and got it. You have to get your money. That is, you you don't have to get a lot of money, but you have to get the minimum that is necessary to do a job. And that's what the Commonwealth Fund did for us. And we owe them just a tremendous debt of gratitude for making our work possible. Then the National TB gave us about $1,000 to help us get a secretary and so on. So because we had, tuberculosis was so... Tuberculosis was a big problem and still is, you see, in Colorado because it's been a health resort for people with with tuberculosis. Well, then we got started, and we, Dr. Buck gave us a wonderful survey, and he presented it wonderfully, so that we really knew what our facts were. Then he taught us how to, how to work out in the counties. He went with us. Uh, we drove out and talked with some of the people and asked them if they wouldn't get up a meeting for us, Dr. Buck and I. And they did that, and he suggested at the meeting that we have a blackboard and we had our lists, you see, and the lists were made with each disease getting worse as we went down. We just had the disease list, uh, listed. Oh, you mean you, for instance, put on a blackboard tuberculosis, tuberculosis. New York three cases, yes. Illinois yeah. four cases, yeah. Colorado 17, yeah. no comment. Yeah, no comment. And we just put the numbers down as we talked, you see. So the problem sort of developed before the people's minds. And then we took with us, we always had Dr. Clear, who was our health officer, and he gave us all the local data that the state health department, he'd been a splendid man, but I'm terribly hampered in his work, so we always had local data. Wait a minute now, what, what kind of, you go like a steamroller here, I can see why you got your money from the 20th century fund, and if the governor met you before he appointed you, I'm sure I don't, oh, he didn't meet oh, you. Oh, he didn't meet That didn't explains know. everything. No. Well, take it a little slower now, wait a minute, yeah. the local health conditions, what do you mean, what did you get that was useful in the
when you went to the river, you could smell that that was their sewage disposal plant. It was easy to see. It was easy to smell. When well, you came to fly back through the cave. Yes. But now, wait a minute. Say, Dr. Buck made you... Uh, I'm interested in, in, in a thread here of facts that run through this. Theoretically, if you're going to persuade people things, you get a big drum and as many movie stars as you can turning cartwheels, and then you sell them a bill of goods, whether it's democracy abroad or just some kind of a tonic in this country. But I notice in this spectacularly successful job that you people did in Colorado, you started out with facts and you kept up with facts. The first thing you did was to try to find out the facts enough to convince a group in New York to give you money to hire a man to get more facts. Right. So when Dr. Buck had collected all these facts, he had a report, I presume. You see, scientific people believe in facts and putting them down. And he gave us a report. And we heard that the report was planned to be put in a desk drawer and uh, locked up. In a certain political mansion in, in a, a certain, certain place. Exactly. So what we did was to have a thousand or two copies struck off. It's hard to get the whole thousand into the drawer. So <laughs> we, we took the thousand copies around the state, and then we knew that it was too technical. Both McGrath. I've right. been hear some doctor saying this is not professionally accurate. We aren't yeah. talking about mountains. We're talking about yeah. the incidence of communicable diseases. Yes, but you want to make people want to look at a book, you know. You I wonder, I yeah. wondered in there, Dr. Saban, you have been using a word here. Could I ask you a very blunt question? Yes. You've been saying we all the time. We heard that this report yeah. might be filed in a drawer. Could you ever mean the word I when no, you... No, I don't mean the word I because this is a problem for a lot of people. My committee were just wonderful, and we got people all over the state interested. You want to drop the concept that one person can do a job like that. Only a community can really solve a problem as difficult as this. You've got to get all your people with you. Except it wasn't the community that was going in sub-zero weather through deep snowdrifts from one end of the state to the other. It seems to me a certain feeble old lady called Sabin was roaming around in those blizzards. Well, don't let anybody think that that's, a, that's an unpleasant thing to do. Our mountains are marvelous in winter. In summer, you see, the snow is melting, but they're just covered with snow. They're more like the Alps in winter. I had a glorious time driving over the mountains. I had a wonderful chauffeur, a young man named Mr. Moe, who's now in the hospital service of the health department. And he certainly can drive over the worst roads you ever saw and drive skillfully. So we had a grand time. Did you ever find that in the towns you went to to try to show them what was happening, if there was any resentment of this eastern doctor? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. We were having a good time, and they were having a good time. Good time seems to be part of this, although you it don't think of a good it, time as, as, yes. as part of promoting it. Well, then you had the facts. You had this report that could not be crammed in any drawer after a thousand copies had been made, and you had, you had popularized that report. Terrible word to most doctors. Yes. In other words, you'd taken the facts and selected them <clears throat> so that I know doctor could see what it was all about. Then you went to each part of the state, and you said, look, here's the overall picture, and now wait a minute, where your own town is concerned, let us look at this. Yes. And then yes. what happened? Well, then we told the people that, that every time they asked us, what shall we do? You know, that's the natural reaction when you face a problem. What shall we do? Well, our reply to that was, Study these 
this data that we've given you so that you understand it. Ask any questions you want. We'll send you more data if you want it. But after that, talk to your legislators in their own homes. You know them. They're your friends. Uh, get the wife of your legislature in your group, too. And uh, talk to them in their own homes. The result of that was that some of the men in the legislature told me that time, we knew that this time we had to pass the health bills before we even came to Denver for the session. Our bill was ready in advance. People knew about it all over the state. The legislators knew about it all over the state. Then we kept a pretty careful watch, and it went through quickly. We had two bills. One set up a good modern health department, and the other permissive le legislation to allow our counties to organize their health. Those were our two main bills, and they both went through. But we lost a bill or two, but then we got our major efforts through that time. But you accomplished this because you got the facts and then found ways to get people interested, <laughs> and maybe behind the whole thing, because you had faith as just one single American that people would do things if they want found out to about Yes. Yes. We think we think education is tremendously important. Then another point that I'd like to bring out is that a part of the work was to make people know that it was their problem. I think that's a perfect place to close this. You've certainly educated me on ways of getting the community underway. I will unpin exhibit A and let her go about to do another career in her youth. Thank you, Dr. Sin. Thank you for listening to this episode of Co-Authored. To find more podcasts from History Colorado Studios, visit www.historycolorado.org podcasts.